I, I don't know if it was you holding the microphone or something, or if it was just like the wire was loose, but at it, whatever you're doing now, it all sounds beautiful. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted Season 4, Episode Number 17. This is the podcast for the every person looking for practical advice in getting to your fantasy football playoffs. We're a couple of friends here hosting this wonderful podcast and doing what we can to help you out. And I'm joined by my wonderful bestie, Alex K. Alex K. And I am your other co-host and bestie, J-Mac. And we're rolling out of week 12 here, Alex. It's uh, coming down to the wire now. Yeah, I mean, we've got one more one more week left uh, of the regular season, and and that's that's pretty exciting. Like we've we've made it this far. We didn't know if we were gonna make it this far, or if all the games were gonna get postponed, or what. Yeah, well, I mean, I should say a little corrected. We're not quite finished week 12 yet here. We're recording on Monday night and this uh, still have one more game to go. Right? Uh, but I, I agree with you, Alex. I'm feeling a little more energized now. I'm out of my doldrums. I'm out of the trough of sorrow through the mid part of the season there. And uh, uh, I'm still alive. I know you're you're still well alive. I mean, you're definitely in. It's just a matter of uh, where you're going to kind of be seated at. Oh, yeah, but. it's coming down to this week actually is going to tell me do I get my first round buy or not? I know. I find that kind of exciting that our whole league is in flux uh, for this last week. So every game's going to kind of mean something as far as either getting into the playoffs or sitting or staying at home from the playoffs or also where you're going to be at getting that bye week where who else you're going to play. All those sort of things are still going to sort themselves out. Yeah. Uh, you never really know what's going to happen no matter how much you uh, try to uh, figure out what's going to happen and control something. You really aren't in control of your own destiny. And sometimes you just get lucky. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of getting lucky, let's get into our little icebreaker here. And what is the luckiest thing that has ever happened to you in both in life and in fantasy football? You know, uh, I was once in a bus accident and I was pretty lucky not to break my nose or like be physically injured beyond uh, just a couple scrapes and some bruises because uh, we we hit a building in a bus. Ooh, a bus hit a building. What kind of bus? Are we talking a school bus, a transit bus? Yes, this was this was one of those little harmonica buses that like has that little thing in the middle that turns that all the kids oh, always yeah. want to sit on. And uh, we apparently the brakes went out and and the way we stopped was we hit a dorm building. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> well, there's a whole lot to unpack there, but I'll just let was, everybody sit I, on that. I can I can go further. It was 9-9-2001. So, you know, never forget uh, two days later, wow. 9-11 yeah. occurred and really kind of stole our thunder as a national news. Oh, wow. Yeah, I bet for those first two days in school, yeah, you guys were probably the talk of the classroom. Oh, yeah, we, and then... we were in the papers and everything, you know, like. Oh, don't even worry about it. Well, you can bring your car up to campus and we'll let you drive, even though normally we don't let out of state people drive. And it's a big deal. I felt pretty lucky to to uh, to have gotten as far as I did with that. Wow. Um, and how about in fantasy football, Alex? What is the luckiest thing you've ever happened in fantasy football? I would say trades with Sam are possibly the luckiest thing that I've been gifted uh, throughout our entire tenure of this league. 
So you're just lucky that he really likes the trade and that he really just doesn't know how to trade. And then you're always able to take advantage of that. So, yeah, I mean, beyond picking up a defense every year that usually does pretty well, that's usually lucky. That's very lucky. I know. Well, you you know, Alex, I'll give it to you. you. You seem to always have a little bit of luck come your way each season, some way, somehow, be it through a trade, a waiver wire pickup, maybe a late round draft pick. I'm not saying you don't have some preparation in there uh, as well, but uh, what is the uh, saying? Uh, opportunity is luck with preparation or something. I'd rather be lucky. I'd rather be lucky than good. <laughs> Absolutely. So everybody needs a little luck in fantasy football. I remember being lucky. Uh, in real life, one of the luckiest things that ever happened to me, I remember being in, I think it was my senior year of high school. I had a, I had a class and I had a big essay due. Everybody had to write an essay on this big Time Magazine article or something like that. I just straight up did not do it at all. And I just kind of forgot about it and then just didn't hand anything in. And I thought I was going to end up failing the class. And a few days later, the teacher's kind of like going through some paperwork. She's like, hey, can you come here? And she brings me over and she says, um, I remember you handed in your paper, but I can't find it. And oh, and nice. I'm like, oh, really? I Yeah, I, I don't know. She's like, so listen, do you can you just like go print up like another copy and send me a new copy or something like that. I was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. She's like, okay, just, I'll give you to the end of the week. Just, just get me something by the end of the week. And a whole yeah, week to print out something like you can come back in an hour, <laughs> email it to me. Hey man, this is a little while ago. This is before like, yeah, you know, yeah. This is before you could just email documents very easily. Like it was a big document, sure. pictures, okay, all fine. that kind of stuff. So anyway, some yeah, that's pretty lucky. You know, uh, I it was it was oh my it was like an oh my gosh moment. I had like a pure second chance at something that I thought I was absolutely gonna fail, and I ended up getting you know I, I passed the class. I don't know what I got on the paper. So that was one of the that's luckiest great. things that ever happened to me. What about fantasy football? Fantasy football, I think the luckiest thing that ever happened to me was last season. I was playing somebody in the playoffs, and he had the New Orleans Saints oh, playing, gosh. and he needed only like four points or something from his running back. And uh, oh no, from, why do you still remember? He still stuff like needed this. Drew Brees. That's what it was. His quarterback, Drew Brees, just needed to get like four points and he ended up getting taken out of the game and they didn't even throw the ball. Uh, I, and I, I remember I had a one running back. Uh, it was, I don't know. I forget even all the details, but yeah, it was, it was, it was glorious. I ended up beating this guy by like, I don't know. I think like maybe a point or less and probably a point. It was like point. I don't remember who, who, who dwells on stuff like oh. that, you know, but the point, the person was me <laughs> uh, for those of you playing the home game that wanted to know. And, and on my, my part, it was a bad move. All right. You know, like I had two quarterbacks, I had Deshaun Watson and I had Drew Brees. Come on. Like now, right now, if you had Deshaun Watson, you'd love it. You'd be, you'd be, oh, it wouldn't even be a decision because Breeze is out, but Breeze was the better choice and I put in the wrong person. It was a bad yeah. move, you know? I think that kind of brings us to our fantasy talk, though. Kind of going off this luckiest thing. So have you ever made like a move that's been kind of turns into a big surprise, like something small, like you just did some random waiver wire pickup where, you know, a throw in guy in a trade or a late, very late round draft pick and ends up being this blow up uh, guy for a lot of the parts of the season. I've done really, really well uh, with with Mark Andrews uh -huh. uh, last year. Uh, I did Josh Allen this year, which I thought was a really good mm -hmm. late round. I had Robbie uh, Anderson, which I, I actually reached for and turned that into Kelsey. Uh, so, like, those kind of 
moves. Uh, I think that's kind of the surprise, bold draft moves. That yeah, I so it does seem like you come up with them more in the draft. Like you're not as much like a boomer bust in the waiver wire pickups. Like you might find solid guys to fill in, but you're never as much as like this finding this diamond in the rough with the drafts kind of where you are. So what part of uh second part of that question is where, what do you use your first instinct though? When all of a sudden you realize you kind of hit on somebody, is it to flip him or ride him out? Yeah. Usually uh, there's a lot of hype on the person when people are, are, are scrounging to the waiver wire. They do that thing where you're like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get him before he's already on Alex's team. And then some people even like, retroactively want to see how long he's been there. And I love that. Like the people that go like this MF has had him on his team for four weeks. And I'd had no idea. Like I, I, w- I didn't even, wasn't even on my radar. So do you then try to just turn these guys though? Or do you like to ride them out? See, I like to ride them out. I, when I hit on somebody, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep this karma with me. And I just want to keep going. Unless I get in, get offered something crazy. I'm not going to go out though and try to like hit, you know, sell high. I just, I'm going to ride them out. Yeah. A lot of times I end up riding them out. I think I, I have to because I, I normally don't get the trade value that I want for that person, but I always my instinct is always to do more trades. I like the trading part of it, but I always end up having to keep them on my team for a while. So, how has your trades been this season? Have you been able to do a lot of trades? Have you people been receptive, or no? Have you had to kind of stay quiet, even though you've tried to move, make moves? Um, let's see. So, Albie's been one of the people that has been like the worst person to try to make trades with. He keeps offering me like two of my guys for one of his guys, but they're like two of my first, like two round draft, ah, two of my first round draft picks that like, there's no way they would equal that person on any day. And he just, he's so obliterant about it. But besides that, there's always, always somebody in everybody's league. Every league has a guy like that, that just overvalues or thinks that he can some reason sweet talk you into making these really bad trades. But that's it. I think it's just been Sam. This okay. Year. All right. Well, Sam, the guy, you know, that well never runs dry for you. What about, what about you? How many great trades have you made this uh, year? I made one fantastic trade that has just been keep on. Actually, I know I should, I kind of made two trades. It was all in one big weekend package of trading uh, where I made all my big Big moves and that was in like week two week three i think i flipped michael thomas for chris carson and then i ended up flipping uh uh you had kittle kittle i know i flipped kittle for uh hopkins and you had malcolm brown and you got and malcolm brown. i mean look there's other throwing guys along in this trade here that kind of put it over the edge but that was like the main those were the main parts of it. And you got Hayden Hurst. I got Hayden Hurst. He was a throw in. Honestly, Hayden Hurst. I know I know your team better than you do, apparently. Hayden Hurst has just been mediocre. Like, you made him as if, like, he is going to be the next top five tight end. He's been... How many points... How many more points has he gotten than Kittle? Well, look... How many more points has he gotten than Malcolm Brown? Well, Malcolm Brown, he's gotten more. The, the trade is still super unbalanced. I mean, who could, knew that Kittle was going to actually be out the whole season? I mean, this is part of the reason I thought. I mean, I, I won't lie that like I was worried about his health, so that's part of the reason I moved him. But, I mean, you can't really then compare. You never you never really know like when someone's going to go down, but when they do, you kind of have to ask yourself, uh, who's the next man up? And when that happens, you have to ask, like, who's throwing to that person? Which 
That'll bring us to our top five quarterbacks. Uh, this week, Tom Brady with 23.7, Aaron Rodgers, 25.6, Kirk Cousins making the list and still on our waiver wire at 26.1, Deshaun Watson, like I said earlier, now at the top echelon of quarterbacks with 33 points, and Pat Mahomes putting on a show this weekend with 36.2. Yeah, well, three touchdowns, that's really nice. Um, Deshaun Watson, second week in a row being up in the top three, and Kirk Cousins also making another appearance within the past few weeks uh, in the top five here, so... I guess if you need a flyer, a streamer on a quarterback, I mean, that could be your guy. I guess. I mean, Dalvin Cook is right there at that time where he's about to get injured and you're, it's it's almost time to pick up Madison again. But I just I can't even trust Madison as a uh, as a, a filler. No, he does absolutely nothing. I mean, you and you said earlier in the season where he is only a guy that can do anything when he comes in in the middle of the game he can't do anything with cook there and he can't do anything even if he's the bell uh, bell cow so what's what's the point but yeah so i think kirk cousins may be uh looking for other other targets maybe his tight end yeah that's right so let's look at these tight ends then and getting into the top five of the tight ends we have uh coming in at number five richard rogers uh still on the a waiver wire only rostered in four percent of the leagues uh he uh, came away with uh 53 yards but did have a uh, last second touchdown in garbage time so that put him up there but that's enough i guess that's how bad I'm actually looking at all the points here. Him and below is everybody's like 12 points, 11 points, 10 points. So it's kind of... It wasn't a good week for tight No, ends. no it real wasn't. blowouts, and except everybody was kind of average. I mean, I guess actually the average seems to be brought up. Um, so then coming in at number four, we have uh, Gronkowski making a top five sighting here with 13 points. He had 106 yards. That'll do it. Evan Ingram, him coming in with another 13.9 points. He had 129 yards, no touchdowns. And coming in at number two, Rob. Robert, Ton- Robert Tonya, the Green Bay Packers. This is that streaky guy, you know. Occasionally he gets, you know, just jumps up here. But again, that's the Green Bay. He's he's a Packer. You never know which wide receiver is going to get it besides uh, Exactly. Adam. Even Adam sometimes doesn't get the ball. Like, he can go dry a couple weeks. Uh, coming in at number one, Dallas Goddard coming back with a vengeance. His second week back from uh, injury, really putting on a good show here. He had 75 yards and a touchdown. So the only good thing, really, out of that Philadelphia game for those Eagles is Dallas Goddard. Uh, so... Hopefully he'll carry this into next season and he'll definitely be somebody I'm going to be eyeing up uh, and rising on the list dramatically. So let's get into those defenses, though, and see where we come in at, Alex. Washington at the number five spot with 15 points. Houston, 16 points. San Francisco, 17. Carolina, 19 points. And Atlanta with 28 points. And... And all of these teams rostered together is under 50%. Wow. Yeah, the top four are all on the open waiver wire. <laughs> I love seeing that. <laughs> it's crazy, though, to me, actually looking at some of this, though, that the game with no quarterback, they only were able to get 14 points. Yet Atlanta somehow gets 28 points, had five sacks, an interception, four fumble recoveries, and a uh, touchdown. So... That'll do it. 28 points. Holy moly. So 28 points that sat on the bench for the whole league, though, unfortunately. All right, Alex, let's get into some current events here. And I think we got to start it off with the COVID woes. Uh, So COVID is coming back this week, as it seems to be doing all across the country. So the Baltimore pit game, which was originally scheduled for Thanksgiving, which still hasn't happened yet. 
has not happened. And as we alluded to at the top of the show, this is the one game left in week 12. So originally Thursday got pushed back to uh, Monday and now it got pushed back to Wednesday. So yay. Uh, happy for that. Uh, most of this is just out of the Baltimore Ravens locker room just seems to be just all just hanging out and giving each other COVID because it's like half the roster now it seems. So anyway, this game right now is scheduled for 2.40 p.m. in the afternoon Eastern time on Wednesday. So you're going to have a little afternoon football. So we now have hit, I think, every day of the week for football this year once we start playing some of those Saturday games. So Football seven days a week. They're going to make a bunch of money this year. Football seven days a week. So uh, this does have a cascading effect on other games. So now the Dallas Ravens game gets pushed back to next Tuesday. And the Pittsburgh-Washington game gets pushed back to Monday. So... Not huge changes, except that it does, you know, affect how people decide to do their rosters. If like somebody, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a bunch of people leaving other people in that shouldn't have been in or on the bench because they didn't know the game was happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. So I luckily got in. I have Pittsburgh's D, and I don't need them to win. I'm gonna win regardless. But I do have uh, I, I have a the Bengals defense. If for some reason this game does actually get canceled or pushed out further, so. Which is a, was a possibility. I mean, we talked about they had this like now buffered bye week at the end of the season for for drastic games like this. We will have to wait and see. Keep monitoring that one. Continue continuing on with the COVID woes. Uh, <laughs> we had the debacle, which was the Denver Broncos who decided to go QB list, and they threw one pass from a practice squad wide receiver who came into the game to play quarterback, and he threw one pass, and for the rest of the game they ran the ball, a few direct snaps, uh, a lot of handoffs. So that was that was not a fun game to watch, but a very interesting one leading up to it. It sounds so interesting that I put up Christmas lights during Oh, that wow. Game. That was probably definitely much more flashy than anything you saw on the field that game. So the last big news that's uh, having an effect from COVID is the 49ers are now homeless for the next three weeks because their Santa Clara County has declared no contact sports to be played in the county. So that means two home games for the 49ers are now moving to Scottsdale. No, Glendale, Arizona for the next two weeks. I love that. They're like, science has told us that you shouldn't be here. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going somewhere else. <laughs> uh, I guess the game must go on. So, uh, yeah, just it's more things. It's just going to be crazy. I, I, It feels like more stuff could be happening. Just keep an eye on all these games. It's, it's getting wild now. Moving into some injury news. Nothing real crazy. Josh Jacobs has an ankle injury. From last I saw, there wasn't any uh, kind of scoping out of how long he could be out, but he might possibly miss this week. So something to keep, a, keep an eye on. And not that this really has an effect on anybody, but the Giants uh, quarterback Daniel Jones has a hamstring injury that he's probably going to be out for like the next three weeks, maybe. That only affects you if you have Sterling Shepard, I guess. It does. And unfortunately, I did not play him this past week, even though I did get a kind of last minute text message from uh, my co-host. Yeah, I I tried to help him out to play Sterling Shepard. He didn't play him, but luckily... He played A.J. Brown, who comes in at the fifth spot of our wide receiver list. We've got Jarvis Landry at a number four spot with 24 points, uh, 23 points worth with A.J. Brown. Then we had D.J. Metcalf, who I was up against at the third spot with 25.7. Will Fuller still making this 
uh, list constantly with 35 points, but it says suspended next to his name. I'll have to look at that in a second. And then number one, Tyreek Hill putting on a show, possibly double-handedly beating me this week with Derrick wow. Henry uh, on a team. Those two people just destroyed me by themselves. Uh, Wait, you played against a team that had both Tyreek Hill and Derrick Henry? And those two players beat my all of my <laughs> players combined. I lost 177 to like 90. Uh, wow. It was absurd. Uh, but yeah, he got the number wow. one spot. 54 Tyree points. Kill. That's just simply amazing. So that's what you get out of Tyreek Kill, though. He is a boomer buzz. But man, when that guy booms, that is that's incredible. So uh, I have a little follow up on the Will Fuller. Uh, I did miss putting this in the uh, current event notes. So he is suspended for the rest of the season. He, oh, uh, no! Yes, yes. So long lives the curse of being like a top two, top one, two, or three person, and then something happens, either COVID or injury, or you get suspended. So Damn, he got, um, he got, he's getting suspended for PED use. He used some sort of, uh, I don't know, medication. No or wonder he hasn't gotten injured. Exactly. That's that's what everybody's saying. He got, yeah, he, got he found a doctor that really found the cure for him. Unfortunately, that cure is on the list. You know, you know where he went to find that doctor he probably yep, went to that's, florida that's where a lot of them are and you know who's the number five person uh the running back spot who's uh, in the number five and the running back do you spot? know who it is oh it's james robinson who plays in florida that's right that's right he plays in florida too very nice i like the connection there so he plays in jacksonville if nobody knows jacksonville florida uh so let's see james robinson came in with 24 points he had 128 yards and a touchdown nice game nick chubb comes in at number four he had uh, 25.1 points he had 144 yards and a touchdown then we come in at number three. Like I said, Latavius Murray, he came in with 25 points, 124 yards and two touchdowns. My curious thing is what did uh, Mara do? Because did they just decide to kind of rest him a little Not bit? Much. Yep, They did between Hill taking the uh, direct snaps and running it in himself and Latavius Murray running Camara's uh, no anonymous Yeah, it here. seems like because of this they played Denver and with Denver not having a quarterback they really took it easy on their players. And anyway, coming in at number 2, we have Antonio Gibson of the Washington Redskins. He had 115 yards and three touchdowns. Very nice. But somebody else that you already mentioned beat him out. He had more yards. He had 178 yards and three touchdowns. And that is Derrick Henry, man. He was like a one-man wrecking crew in in that game against Indy. You did. I told you. I told you before the you did, season you did. started. You were, you were high on him. I was unsure about his durability, but man, I, nothing gets more durable than uh, putting up 178 yards. He had 27 touches in this game. Or he had 127 uh, rushes in this game. He ended up having uh, 32, 31 touches overall. So uh, Derrick Henry, he, he's been getting it done this season. So you, I stand corrected, and you are absolutely – on the money about this one. My question is, can he hold up next season though? Will this be, you know, that's a lot of touches. Do you think he'll hold up next season? I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get the number one spot. And if I do, I'm going DH roll tide. Ooh, all right. Roll tide. All right. So that runs us out of our top five for the position rankings here. And Alex, I wanted to just kind of check in. How did you do overall this week? And how did you do in our LA locals league? 
Well, I already told you about the one league where I got beat like 177 to 90. That one didn't feel great. I've got ours, which I lost by a Debo Sweeney. Nope, Debo Samuel. Uh, if I'd played him, I would have won. That's fine. I'm still going to make it in the playoffs, so I'm not too upset. Then I've got one league where I the my opponent has Baltimore as their defense. I'm winning right now, but it's kind of in limbo. Uh, so I guess I'm... Two for two, maybe three and one, I guess. All I guess right. I'm going to say three and one. Nope. Two and two. Two and two. Final answer. All right. Well, we can always do a follow-up and make a correction uh, next week to uh, see how you ended up with that one. Uh, so I end up coming out of this week two and one. I won both our LA Locals League and my work league, even though I'm pretty much out of that one. Uh, I did lose my dynasty by just a couple of points, but that's okay. So I'll just a quick little follow up. I don't think I told you yet Uh, because of uh, my undesirable rostering from last week. They now instituted new rules for anybody seen quote unquote tanking, which I refuse Uh. to say. The, the J-Mac rule. Say, I, I was not tanking. <laughs> I was just trying out some new things. But, yes, there are now consequences if the league decides you are tanking. I will always be pushing back on this because who are they to say who I can start and not start? Uh, I'm just going to start putting out uh, flyers and be like, look at this guy. He's tanking. He put this guy in. Look at this guy. He's tanking. He put in this guy. Who picks up this guy from the waiver wire? That's a tank move. So I'm, I'm going to just egg him on. I'm just going to egg him on. I like it. Uh, but anyway, that's fine. This is going to just get me a better draft pick. So that's the fun part about it is that at least if I'm losing, I still have an upshot, and that is a higher draft pick. So that's all I'm aiming for now. Anyway, let's get back to the winning ways that we like to talk about here. So I am still in the running for the playoffs, even though you did not beat uh, James, who I am kind of the one that I need to lose. Regardless, it's coming down to the last week. It's win and I'm in, lose and I'm out. There's no worry about the the points or anything like that. I have more points than him. So if we tie with the record, I win. That's why I just need to beat him. Uh, if he beats me outright, then he has the better record and he's in. So that's that's my clearest path to victory. And yeah, so. Yeah, you know, that's how it goes. You know, maybe... Maybe I even possibly put in somebody and let James win and tanked this game uh, just so that you didn't make it into the playoffs as easily. Just out of spite. Just out of spite. Uh, from maybe. last year, you yeah. know, maybe I, 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 the reason I find that hard to believe Alex is because of how cranky you get over having a loss, Alex. I just can't see you sacrificing a W <laughs> just for spite. That's fair. That's fair. Yes. I, I wear that. One. Um, so how, that how one. are you setting up for your situation? Your, your, uh, outlook for our LA locals league right now for the playoffs. How am I setting up for it? Yeah, like, are you definitely into the playoffs? Like, where you're seating at? Like, kind of lay out what you're you're looking okay, at. Okay, so week, I'm though. in third. I'm in third, and both the one and the two lost this week, and it was a perfect opportunity for me to just swim on into that two spot, I think, because Tyler has more points than me just by a little. And so it would have been... I couldn't believe that. You and Frankie both just dumped it on us. Pure, pure chance to both, either one of you, to move yeah. up into the bye week or get yep. the one overall. And neither one of us did it. And so now I have to beat Tyler and I have to beat him by more points than we have or else I stay in third unless Frankie loses. 
and I win, in which case then I go into the second. How spot. many points are you? Do you need to clear Tyler by? Um, so as roughly of, as of before this week, uh, I was down seventy points. Ooh, that's okay. That's. <laughs> You need to have like a uh, Tyreek Hill, Derrick Henry on one team kind of game and have Tyler to uh, kind of dump it. And luckily, he only got 66 points. So that cuts it from 40. So I only have to get 30 more points. All than right. That, see, that's much more doable. And he has it's actually doable. been a little weak the past few weeks. He has not been on a tear. He's actually shown some cracks in that armor there. So this is why it's really fun. This last week really is going to, there's a whole lot going on. It's not just like one or two guys trying to get into the playoffs. Like everybody has some things going on, which is always the best kind of last week. So we'll see. I'll, I'll probably beat him by 28 points and still get that third, third spot. Ooh, that, well, Alex, that, that's how things roll for you. It's always by just less than a point or two. Speaking of the final weeks, uh, I want to, for strategy talk here, I'm going to talk about my final week tweaks. So I desperately need a running back, um, Alex, and I'm trusting you to not try to sneak me here because I don't think you need a running back as desperately as I do. I have so much more money than you do. I'm going to put down uh, the same amount for like four or five, whoever we talk about. I'm going to I'm going to pick up all these guys. So let's talk. OK, about so so I'm looking at right now, I'm going to be looking at Peyton Barber of the Washington Redskins, um, Travis Homer of the Seattle Re- Seahawks uh, and Ido Smith of the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So those are the guys that you should probably put some money down on. I'm saying like a 20 spot on each. OK, good. Who are you really looking at? Well, pretty much I'm just looking at the top of what's available here. We got AP, we got Josh Kelly, Boston Scott, Jeff Wilson, and Alexander Matheson. Karen Johnson's uh, an option too. He did okay this past week, so it's an option that I just need a body. So the reason why is, of course, I'm going into my last week and Ronald Jones is on a freaking buy. I I thought I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, all the buys have to be done, right? Like we're going into the last week of the season. There can't still be bye weeks in real football. And lo and behold, sure, sure. enough. So let's talk. Let's talk about it for a second. Um, I don't. I, I need a running back as well. So let's talk about it. Carry <clears throat> uh, on Johnson hasn't scored double no. digit points all season. So I mean, uh, he's going against Chicago. Probably not. Get, I don't know why pe- the analysts think he's going to score. Uh, as many points as they've got projected. Uh, but he's up there in the list. Madison, we've already yeah. talked about. That's not, that's not, that's a no go for me. That's a no for me, dog. Uh, then you've got Freeman, right? Freeman. I don't have Freeman on here. You don't have Royce Freeman. Cause you know, they're going to run the ball because Denver doesn't have a quarterback. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but seriously, you know, that it's like, you know, at some point, uh, Melvin Gordon's going to get tired. Uh, so then you got AP, which I think he had his best game last week. Yeah, that's the question. It's like, is that it? Because you look at every other game before that, it's 1.8, They had a 12, like four, six weeks ago. And then he actually started off really well. He started off with nine, 12, nine, 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 you know, like it, it did. He did start well, but. Uh, again, he's going up against Chicago, so that's also a tough. Well, sell. and part of that was because their lead, their starting running back, DeAndre Swift, was out because I think he had a concussion. So it's a question: Is he going to be back? You're you're not picking up Boston Scott because the Eagles are a dumpster yeah. fire right now. Gosh, I wish I'd traded Miles Sanders when I had the chance. <laughs> I wish you should you should have traded Carson Wentz when you had the chance. 
Eh, who would I have gotten for Carson Wentz? Nobody gave me anybody. Nobody offered me anybody of any value for him. But yeah, so who? I don't see anybody really that that sparks any interest whatsoever. Uh, and you have to pick one of these up. You have no other option on your bench. I, I, I have Gus Edwards on my bench. And already, uh, so J.K. Dobbins and the uh, Mark Ingram. Oh, oh this is this is know, the man. best caveat like uh, of this, the pushing the Ravens game continually, is that originally come that last Thursday, the game for last Thursday, they were on the COVID list, so they could not play. The fact that the game got pushed out one week, they are now available to play now. Oh, dear, so, yeah. So anyway, right, so right. anyway Gus Edwards you, is now you know? like probably back down on the 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 uh, the depth chart now. So he's all I got. I got a body. I do have a body. It's just a matter of is there somebody with a little bit more upside than Gus Edwards? I don't see it, man. I, I don't I honestly – not on our league. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna throw a couple darts, and I'll see where it lands, and then I'll just see how my roster goes. So I'm really, 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 really gonna have to pray and hope that I have a lot of other people on my roster pick up the slack, like AJ Brown. And, and you've got to hope that you get lucky and uh, you actually pick somebody up that I don't go after. Yes, thank you, Alex. Thank you for all of that. I really appreciate it. So. Where you you're pretty secure and everything, and I'm fighting for my life here, and you can't throw your podcast host a bone, and just just settle down, just settle down. I haven't been on the waiver wire weeks, and you can't just you can't you can't take a relax. You're good, man. You're thinking ahead. Why are you worrying about running backs right now? Thinking ahead. So as, speaking of thinking ahead, since you're already in the playoffs, what what is your strategy going into the playoffs? So you kind of were mentioning you had some things already going on. You've had a strategy for the past few weeks. Can you kind of get into this and explain it to me? Sure. Like four weeks ago, I kind of realized I was on the rise. And I said, all right, I don't, uh, I've been streaming defenses every single week. And I I know there comes a point where you have to look at uh, the sample size, the data and say like, who has the easiest schedule in the playoffs? Because that's where we were at a couple weeks ago. We talked about what, where we were going to do, where we're going to week to week. Do we need to win? Or are we looking for the future? And I didn't give away my secret that Seattle had the best uh, playoff defense that I saw. It wasn't in the news. It, I didn't see it on a show, but in all of my leagues, I went ahead and I picked up Seattle and keep in mind, Seattle hadn't gotten double digits all season long. They've been a very, Standard. Oh, you were you were talking down on Seattle earlier in the week, year too. Like when certain players are coming to play Seattle, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, sure." Go with that you, guy. you can still run all over them. Their their defense is still horrible. That was the thing. Is it was they were still getting five points, eight points. The max was eight points. So what did you see? What, what was your? How did you? What did you do to start scoping this out though? Because I'm sure you didn't just pinpoint Seattle. So how did you go about figuring out what defense you were kind of looking to maybe pick up that could be good down the stretch? No, it, it, it's because we do these top five lists, and so sometimes okay. you click and you start look, you start see it, you start saying this name again, and you go, okay, well, you know, or you see like honorable mentions, and so I would start clicking on. Again, this was an active right. thing that I was doing. It didn't just like fall into my lap. This was preparation you know this this wasn't just opportunity right and that's what i'm curious like what were you looking for so so you just started you looking at our top fives and but some of the names further down the list i i was streaming yes i was just streaming defenses and said instead of streaming streaming for next week what if i started thinking about week 14 and 15 and so i was like i'll go ahead and pick them up 
I, I love that strategy. That's a lot of times how I draft is where, especially because I have that rookie draft or other reasons why I might think another running back or wide receiver maybe down the stretch will be good and I might draft them. The difficult thing is to hold on to those guys long enough that they start to actually show some return. But you're also taking that strategy into the waiver wire. And I think you've done this before where you're always looking a few weeks ahead and trying to find some some people that have schedules. See, I don't look at schedules as much and eye that up. I know that's a big part of your strategy though. Yeah, I used to be like two weeks ahead of everybody. I would always like, by streaming defenses, I would stream two, and like the one mm-hmm. I would pick up would be the one for the week later. So I would never have to spend any money on them because no one was looking for. Them. Yeah, and I do that sometimes. I'm okay with picking up players sometimes, but I, same same problem for me is I always hit them too early. Where like I might pick them up and have them for two weeks, and they're not doing anything, and I drop them, and all of a sudden they blow up. But I like your strategy of looking at schedules, though, too. Like, that's not something I've incorporated yet that I'm now going to maybe start trying to crib because that's how that's what you're talking about here, though. You looked at not just players you think like you went off of a basis of information that it was the teams they're going to be playing. And now you're looking down the stretch and you that's why you have Seattle now. And I mean, look what they did tonight to the Eagles and. Even watching that's that game, it. that's what some of the commentators were saying. They have a really easy stretch for like the next three or four games coming up, and that's pretty much all of fantasy playoffs. Yeah, so I figured if I can get through to week 16, I'll figure it out then. You know, like that was kind of my thought process. So I don't know about week 16, but I also have the Colts. So I don't necessarily need uh, – I didn't need Seattle as my defense, but I thought – So are you going to hold on to the Colts and take two defenses into the playoffs? Yes, because I think I'm going to need the Colts for week 16 if I can make it there. Okay. And then any other players you kind of pulled off with this strategy as well, kind of looked ahead and started hold, you know, hoarding them before they kind of hit big? Jamal Williams was actually kind of another uh, waiver wire pickup that I didn't uh, tell anybody about. It was very quiet. And he's kind of been averaging about three points less than Aaron Jones. So, I mean, that he's a powerhouse in points. I've been very happy with my – RB2 putting up, you know, high RB2 numbers. Very nice, very nice. All right. Well, I, I like that strategy. It's not something I could necessarily employ right now because I'm fighting for my playoff life to just get in there, but it's a nice strategy to have when you have a little bit of a cushion and can kind of uh, hold some players on the bench without needing them. Sure. I wanted to uh, I want to talk about Ku, uh, your kicker that you have that I wish I could have picked back up. I really did want to pick him up back up. That was my intention. That's why I don't I didn't talk him up as much as I wanted to, but he actually hasn't missed a kick since week 3. So, I that I'm always amazed that I still have him because when I saw him on the waiver wire I was like, "Wait, is this for real?" And I I just I snatched him up. I think I carried two kickers because of it for a couple of weeks. He he had like a groin injury and so I had to drop him. And so I just I completely just spaced on him picking him back up. And when you picked him up, I was like, oh, that's right. I, and like, just like you said, like, why is he still here? Because I forgot. Yeah, that was one of those rare ones where it is. You're so amazed that you're like, wait a minute, is this really happening? Is this guy here? And I got lucky enough to snatch him up. And he's been really good for me. But I actually like Sanders. I like Sanders for the playoffs, though. So the Miami kicker. Yeah, well, I mean, Miami's been solid. So same thing. Like, we talk all the time, kickers, <laughs> the difference between you know, the, the, the fourth best kicker and like the last best kicker isn't that many points. Also, I don't know. I might've won if I had Coon tonight. This is true. I mean, look, it's not to say on the margins week to one week here and there, it doesn't make a difference. But overall, when you look at the full season strategy, I don't have any other recommends, uh, but you could probably help me out 
with a sit start. A, a lot of my problem this week was injury. I had Todd Gurley go down and uh, DJ Chark go down. Who should I play? Should I play the Seattle defense uh, against the Giants or or the Colts versus Deshaun Watson? Oh, Seattle. Seattle, easy, easy. Because that Colts defense has been a little bit – they haven't been as strong as they have been at the early part of the season. They, you know, they've had so a few, few clunkers in here where I think, like you said, Seattle's kind of on the inverse where they're kind of getting a little bit stronger. They're at a swagger of a team right now that's playoff bound. And I mean, New York's going to be without their quarterback. Uh, like what skill position players do they have left of anybody of note? Nobody. Um, so that actually leads me to my sit start. Kind of the same one from the past week. Do I go with Sterling Shepard or do I do Tyler Boyd or do I take a chance on Mikel Hardman, Mikel Hardman of Kansas City? He's a boomer bust like definition right there. It's hard. Yeah. Um, you've got some questions that you have to answer for next week against James. Uh, I definitely would play Shepard again. Look, I like Shepard. I, I was surprised when I drafted him that I got mocked a little bit for that pick. Even like it was right around the range of around he should have been gone, whether it was like that round or the next round. And I was surprised that so many people were kind of just writing him off. But outside of his injury, once he came back from his injury, he's their top running back or their, he's their top wide receiver and clearly has the talent. So, uh, yeah, I stuck with Boyd. Originally, just because I was like, let me see this out. I don't want to just pull this guy. But yeah, Cincinnati is not the same team without Joe Barrow. But um, also, you got to me with like 10 minutes left before the game time. And I and then when I saw it, it was only like three minutes left. It was, it was 15. And then when I 15. saw it, it was only like three minutes left. And I asked why, but then I get a, a reply back. I was like, okay, I'm not going off of that. But I felt like you probably were right. But, you know, I was, I was sticking with my original my original lineup. That's kind of been, that's kind of been the fun part about the discord is, uh, uh, kind of doing the bold predictions or like, I, I actually get to critique start sits for people. And for the most part, they don't change it. But then later in the day, everybody can go back and be like, yep. Yep. All right, cool. You know, like so far I'm like six for six. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I've been enjoying our discord as well. So, all right, I'll, I have something to think about. I might go with Shepard. I have him in there right now over Boyd. And Michael Hartman is too boomer bust to risk uh, for when I'm trying to get into the playoffs. I think so. Yeah, they're going to give all those points yeah. to hell anyway. Um, all right, well, uh, hopefully I can get a running back and they're better than Gus Edwards. <laughs> <and we'll see. laughs> Maybe. All right, Alex. So uh, good luck this week. And hopefully I'll see you in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. You can find me at Alex Laughs at TikTok. Uh, you can find our Instagram at Fantasy Football Wins. Where can they find you? They can find me at Jay Stravs on Twitter. Yeah, I'm glad we made that easy to remember. <laughs> That's what we do here. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Good luck. Good luck.